wow, that worship was so meaningful, and I hope you were able to cut out the distractions and just focus in on God. It's good to worship together, and singing, man, is a part of that, just taking some moments to prioritize our relationship with God. I hope it was good for you and that God was really touching your heart. And I, and I hope and pray that as we jump into the last message in our series, Search Party, that you can see a little more clear through God's Word who God is and who we're supposed to be as we model after Him in life. I, I got a message for you. I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're ready to dig in. It's found at the end of Luke. Let's pray and we'll get right into it. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us, no matter who we are, no matter what life looks like, you love us. And we gather here all different kinds of places in the middle of all different kinds of things, going through all kinds of different stuff. And what we need is we need you. We need you to show up and do something new in our hearts. We need to let go of all the things we cling to that are not good for us. We need you to break through the anger and the distraction and the fear and the anxiety and all the things we're wrestling with. What we need is you to be, be our God this morning. Move in our hearts and in these spaces and show us more of yourself. We're so thankful for the cross and the empty tomb which seals our hope. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in the end of Luke, the la- chapter 15, the last, the last part of this parable that Jesus has been teaching in response to the critics. He's, he's, he's gotten some flack, some people have been on him because of the, the company he keeps, because of who he was here to spend time with, to minister to, to befriend who he was sharing meals with. Come on, man, like this was a big deal and it made all the religious people, it made them all really, really mad. They didn't like that Jesus was spending time with these tax collectors, these sinners, these prostitutes, these people of shady character, or these, these <laughs> vagabonds, and rebels and but here Jesus was again sitting with them and it drove them absolutely crazy. Do you ever have that kind of feeling? Like somebody is getting something good and they don't deserve it and it bothers you. <laughs> I don't know if that's you or not, but man, it certainly was these guys and these religious leaders, they protested Jesus and they called him the friend of sinners and in response to their objections to who he spent time with, in response to their objections to who Jesus did church with, in response to them saying, no, not these people, don't spend time with these people, these people don't belong in church, these people, it's not about them, they're not good enough, they don't fit, they have the labels he told these parables. The first one about a lost sheep, the second one about a lost coin, the third one we call the parable of the lost son, but it should be called the parable of the lost sons. And here we jump into this passage in Luke chapter 15 and verse 25. Listen, I love my Bible. I take notes in it. I hope you're ready to take notes in your Bible. Um, If you need one, let us know. We'll hook you up. We love, love, love to give out free Bibles. In verse 25, 
of Luke chapter 15, it says this. Meanwhile, the older son, this is important. Up until this point, the listeners, the Mark, have been offended by every part of the story. And here, when it seemed like the story was over, when it seemed like everything was wrapped up in this tiny, nice, little, tear-jerking, warm and fuzzy ending, the lost son who is out causing all kinds of trouble, the lost rebel is back home, the father has embraced him, they, they hugged it out, and now they're throwing a feast. Everything so far had offended the listeners of this story, the intended mark of these parables, the religious leaders and the Pharisees. Everything had offended them. The escapades of the younger brother offended them as they heard the stories of him going out and partying and asking for his father's inheritance. It offended them. The, 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 the stuff he did on his journey offended the listeners. And then, they, then the father, he wasn't any better. He shamefully weak he ran to that son just so disappointing in their eyes. They would have judged him real fast. The weak father offended them. Then, then the party, right? Like the fatted calf was the, the beef that you don't, you don't do that on special occasions. It's got to be like special, special, special occasions. When, when you kill the fatted calf for a feast, you would invite the whole village to come and participate. And they found this a disgraceful celebration <laughs> that should have been replaced with judgment and punishment. They're offended by everything, but here the story doesn't end where everybody thinks it's going to end. And I wonder if the Marks, the religious, were happy when they found about that the story was going to go on and the older son. Here was their chance, right? Here was the one who would do something honorable. Here was the one who was acting right. Here was the one who should be respected. Here he was, and they were placing all their hope in him. But that's not how this story goes. Because it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The end of the story. It's a cliffhanger. You, you know, this was the greatest day of the father's life the greatest party of his life, the biggest celebration of his life. Such joy filled this moment for all of them. And yet, every party has a pooper. And that's why we invited you 
You remember that song? It's such a silly song that we sing. Like, I don't know if you sing it. Like, every party has a pooper. That's why we invited you. Party pooper. Party pooper. <laughs> every party has a... It's a song we have, like, to shame people <laughs> into having a better attitude. Come on, man. Like, it doesn't work, right? But, but there's party poopers at every party. There's probably party poopers watching this online, trying to figure out all the things I say wrong. There's, party poopers like watching this like in church Sunday there's there's always somebody who rolls in with a bad attitude who's cranky who's not there for the right reasons it happens and sometimes it even happens to like the best of us every party has a pooper and this one's was the older brother but but what doesn't work with that song is shame is not a good motivator we always try to use shame to motivate people but it's not a good motivator. It, it just leaves people feeling defeated or makes them more angry or pushes them further away. Shame is not a good, you know, just take this as a side note if you're a parent. Shame, a terrible motivator of your children. If, if, you're, if you're trying to motivate somebody at the workplace, shame is a terrible motivator. Do you know what the greatest motivator is? It's love. Love is what people will die for. Love is what people will swim across oceans for. Love is what will, will help us feel like we could walk through a wall. When we have love and everything else falls apart, we still feel unstoppable. Love is the best motivator, and it's the motivator God chooses. There are people who would rather I stand up here and shame people. I know it's crazy, right? But they send me emails. <laughs> why don't you just, why aren't you just harder on sin? Why don't you just talk about sin more? Why don't you yell at some people sometimes? People got to wake up. They got to get it right. Like every party has a pooper. <laughs> That's why we invited you. Oh, man, it's the older brother syndrome. And before you turn this off in anger, I want you to know that I think everybody at some time has the older brother syndrome. We don't like to admit this about ourselves, but it's easy for us to judge others and to elevate ourselves, to make ourselves look better, to act like we're not the ones with the problem. It's easy to indulge our pride. So, like, man, the greatest motivator is love. It always has been. It always will be. It's what God chooses to motivate us with. But there's truth that goes with love. You see, it's not really loving if I'm not telling the truth, and it's not really true. It's not truth. Not, it's not worth it if I'm not telling it in love and sometimes you got to call something out and Jesus here at the shocking ending of this story is about to call out the mark you see this is the son that represents the people he was talking to this was the son that represents the critics that complained about who he was hanging out with this was the son that represented who he pointed the finger to this th th this was the son who represented those who were pointing the finger at others saying you don't belong here you shouldn't you're not good enough your life's a mess your your actions are terrible you you're, you're you have the wrong labels you don't 
you shouldn't be here at church. You shouldn't be, church shouldn't be about them. It should be about us. It shouldn't be about the rebels, the vagabonds, and the dysfunctional, and the addicts, and the lost. It should be about us, fancy, religious, church people. And now Jesus gives them their character, the older son. Listen, here's the problem, right? Like the older son is just as lost as the son who rebelled and ran from the father who loved him. He is doing just as much damage as the son who lost everything and ended up feeding off the leftover pig food out of the pigsties. Here's the difference, though. A famine came, and the son who had ran far and fast away from the love of the father, well, he, uh, he was quickly coming face to face with the reality of what he had missed. Everything was running out for him. And that ping inside his heart saying, something's missing. The love of your father, a relationship you were created for, grew louder and louder and louder. Here's the scary part. The older son is just as lost, but has no idea how lost they are. Just as lost. And that's the scary part because, man, churches, churches are filled with this kind of lost people. You don't got to go out and invite them to church. They're already here. You don't got to go out and put on a program or send a missionary or do some kind of outreach to find this kind of person This is so scary because this older son syndrome is, it's all over the place. And and so I want to be careful and gentle here. Because if you're the younger son, a rebel, a vagabond, (laughs) running fast and wild in the wrong direction, you're loved here and you're welcomed here. This If you're the older son, this next part is going to be tough. And I want to say you probably don't know you're the older son. But if you'd pause and take a good look at your heart, there's hope for you. And you are loved here. This is still a place for you. Even if your junk is hidden and your pride is flaring. Even if you indulge your self-righteousness and judge others, like we're going to be a place that doesn't judge others, but we'll love you as we show you how to follow Jesus that way. Listen, the scariest part about this older brother is he is just as lost, and his future is uncertain. And he has no idea how lost he is. You know, he was there the whole time, but missed something, just like the son who ran away, missed the heart of the father. 
Here's how to tell five things, right? Five things to help you find out, like, if you are dealing with older brother syndrome that, that this older brother kind of represents. Listen, this guy was a leader and a laborer. Like, he was a leader in his household, and he was a hard worker. And so I want you to take time to look into this, even if you're on a church staff somewhere, even if you're a volunteer, if you're a pastor of another church, you're just watching this. I don't know why you're watching this, but you're watching this. Like, like I have to take a good look at this because this guy, he was us. He was a laborer. He put the work in. He was doing ministry. Maybe, you know, he was, he was out in the field. He was a leader. And so this touches everybody. Here's five things, right? Are you about compliance or faithfulness? There's a difference between the two. The older brother was compliance, but he was not faithful to the father. And here's the tricky part. The compliance can look like faithfulness until you see what's missing. You see, compliance is about bending a behavior to meet a standard. Faithfulness is about following the father. That's what faithfulness looks like. Compliance is done begrudgingly sometimes. And faithfulness is full of joy compliance is about not making any mistakes faithfulness is about getting back up after you make a mistake a mistake to follow compliance measures how good you are with how good or bad other people are that's why they judge all the time people that are stuck in compliance to the bible compliance to what god says compliance they're always judging others because they have no way to measure whether they're doing it right or not. Compliance is garbage. God doesn't call us to comply. He calls us to be faithful. There's a difference between the two. And so the question we have to ask is like, am I just being compliant Am I checking boxes just for the sake of checking boxes? Am I saying prayers just for the sake of saying prayers? Am I doing my devos, like reading my Bible, if you don't know what that is? Spending some time, like, focusing and listening to God and reading my Bible on my own. If I, am I doing that just so I say I can do it? Am I showing up to one day just so I can say I served? Am I putting it, stuff in the offering just so people see me put stuff in the offering box when I come in and out? Am I... Am I serving just so people can see me up front and doing things and serving and they say wow look at Josh he's so good am I that's compliance faithfulness is saying God wherever you lead to whomever you lead me to just give me the words to say I don't know them by myself I don't have it I can't do anything without you but I just want to follow you. It scares me. I'm nervous. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to make mistakes. I don't know why you called me. I don't know why you chose me. But you've given me these gifts, so I'm going to use them. That's faithfulness, and it's the best, and it fills you with joy. I can tell right away when somebody's getting to step up onto the stage, whether they're in worship team or they want to preach or, you know, like something Anybody that like gets in one of those very public positions, you can start to tell right away because the faithful, they show up and they say, hey, I, I think I can help, but if there's anybody else, you can use them. You know? And that leads me to point number two. 
Is it pride or humility that you see more of in your life? Now, the problem with the pride thing is if you have an issue with pride, you're never going to say, I have an issue with pride. So I just want to tell you right now, like, quick check, everybody wrestles with pride. And if you don't know you wrestle with pride, if you're not willing to admit you wrestle with pride, if you're saying, not me, I'm humble, if you're saying, no, no, I'm not the older son, I'd never be the older son, if you're saying, like, this doesn't apply to me, this sermon's not for me, if that's your attitude, guess what? Your pride is out of control. What keeps pride in check is an awareness and a constant giving it over to God, saying, take this, I don't like this about me. I don't like that I can be proud and judge others. I don't like that I try to make myself seem more important than I am. I don't like that I'm always trying to impress people with how good I am or how much I know or how churchy I am. I don't like that I'm trying to tell stories all the time so that people think I'm somebody. That's how pride plays out. You know, it's sneaky. It's one of those sneaky things, but it always sneaks out. It comes out in how we elevate ourselves. If, if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, yeah, I know I got to watch my pride, then good, you're on the journey to humility. But if you're looking at yourself saying, this isn't me and I'm never prideful, you got a big problem with pride. So, humility, on the other hand, is, is not putting yourself down. It's about finding your proper place in things. And if you have an issue with pride, you have an issue with God. If you're humble, you know your place. It's not down at the bottom groveling. It's just knowing that God is God and you're going to follow him wherever he calls you and to whatever he's going to do. That you're not going to hold too tightly to the things that don't matter. That you're just going to follow him and if he raises you up, fine. And if all you're doing is serving in the background, fine. If, if that's okay, you just want to love him and love others and in doing so, you know how much you are loved. Pride or humility. Number three, it's about you or it's not. Sounds simple, right? But I hear it all the time. It comes out in little ways. And believe me, there's lots of grace if these are one of your little ways. Like, is, is church about you or is it not about you? Is the house about you or not about you? This son says, I've been your slave all these years that's some strong language right there man he had made his father's house about him and not about the father it creeps out when we complain about the music because it's not our favorite song it sneaks out when we get angry about something changing at church because it's not what we like, or I don't get my favorite seat, or, you know, I like, I like the old online location better. It's about you, or is it about others? The greatest two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus elevated it when talking to his followers. He said, love each other the way I have loved you. It's not about you, 
But when you embrace that, you find that you find so much more fulfillment than you ever could have trying to make it about you. Number four, are you offended or compassionate? Man, this one in the church world is like out of control these days. Isn't it interesting, the two responses from two different people, you have Jesus and the religious leaders. Jesus, who was perfect and holy, and the religious leaders who were self-righteous. And what self-righteousness came running up against, the offensive behavior and company of other people who were far from God, its reaction was taking offense to them and what they do, and what they were going to do to the place, what this meant for church, that they were offended. When Jesus looks out at the masses throughout Scripture time and time again, when he sees the lost crowds, when he sees a lost sheep, his reaction is compassion. You see, I really think this, the more you are following a Christian culture, the more offended you will be at everything that t- tries to fight up against that culture. The more offended you will be when people are different than you. The more offended you will be by their sin. The more offended you will be by their lifestyle choices. The more offended you will be by what they say and by their opinions and by how they everything will offend you. Like, I don't know why we are so offended. The closer you're following Jesus, the more compassion you have when you see what would have been offensive had you been following just Christian culture. Who are you going to follow? Man, like, following Jesus leads us to respond with compassion to the broken, to the lost, to the angry, to the confused, to the bitter, to the smashed, to the struggling. Following Jesus closer means we respond with compassion. If, if you're not responding with compassion to lost people, and you're responding with offense, if you know something about somebody, and that somebody rolls into church, and you're offended that they're sitting in your section or that they're here because you know, oh man, if, if Josh knew... If, if they knew, I know, and you're sitting there offended that they showed up. Man, you got older brother syndrome, and you are not following Jesus. Jesus responds to the lost and the hurting, and the broken and the struggling and the addicts with compassion. It's his love that motivated me. When I was lost and angry and struggling, it's his love that will motivate them to follow him. It's not you shaming them or judging them or the party pooper song. It doesn't work, right? Like, are you offended or compassion? I know things will bother you from time to time. You'll see things in culture and on the TV and they'll offend you. Choose to respond to individuals with compassion and understanding.
if you lead with love, you will have a platform to really help when the time is right. Number five, do you love the Father's things more than the Father? <laughs> See this young son, right? Like he was in love with all the Father's things, all the stuff they had at the house, all the money. That's what was important to him. The Father was never that important to him. Not as important as the things. That's why he's so angry. It's your son. He doesn't even get the Father's heart. He doesn't understand his dad at all. If he had been paying attention, he would have known what was going on. He, if he cared about his father, he would have known the, that his brother was back. And he wouldn't call his brother, oh, that son of yours. He wouldn't have been so angry. He would have gone and sought out the father when he heard the music playing and saying, what's going on? What are we celebrating? I want to celebrate too. I don't understand it. Like, or maybe I'm confused and my brother's back. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. Right? Like, do you love the father's things or him more? You can fall in love with church and everything it does for you and not be in love with the Father and the heart He has for people. You can... And if that's you, man, you're the older brother. Here's the good news. If you're the older brother, if you're struggling with pride, if you lean towards judgment instead of compassion, if you're offended easily, instead of if you play defense, instead of taking the offense with the love of Christ to help other people, if you are, man, just, just struggling to find humility, if you're on any of these things, right? Like, here's the thing. If you're the older brother, if you're judgmental, if you're a Pharisee, if you're uptight if you're all about compliance if morality is more important to you than spirituality if 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 that's who you are if you look around and catch yourself thinking they shouldn't be here i can't believe they're in church i i know what they do outside of this place if only the pastors knew if you're looking at people that are serving and you're like i can't believe that person's serving i can't believe that, that, this, and that. I don't know why he wears those shirts and I don't like this stuff. If you're, if you're the older brother, God still wants you in the party. <laughs> Man, I don't like this one, but it's so true and I'm so glad for it because I'm, I'm the older brother sometimes. I, God still wants you in the party. He shamed himself once to go after the younger son splitting his inheritance to to run to him when he had turned back and he shames himself again to go seek the older brother he didn't need to go out it's not what fathers did but he goes out to see what's going on with the older brother and he pleads with him pleads with him come to the party you're missing the good stuff this is where the joy is your brother is 
dead, but now was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. Come celebrate the party. Let go of your attitude. Put your critical attitude at the door. Lay down your judgment. Stop being in love with my stuff and love me. Come to the party. You're my son. You've had everything. It was all yours to ask for. It was all yours anyway. Don't miss me because of your religion. Don't miss the joy of following me because you're too busy complying and measuring yourself with everybody else let down your pride humble yourself come celebrate the joy is infectious he still wants you at the party and listen if you're a cranky judgmental critical older brother too like guess what we want you at the party too you are just as loved here as anyone else now we're not going to enable the older brother syndrome. We're not going to indulge your complaints. We're not going to give ear to your criticisms. We're not going to enable you to continue to be the older brother. But we're here saying, like, if you want to party, you can come party with us. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter which version of the Bible is your favorite. doesn't matter. Like, you can come party with us Two, we won't indulge your crankiness. We won't indulge your complaining. We won't make it about you. Even if you try to make it about you, this is about the Father and following Him, and there is such joy in that grace. Man, come home. And the hardest part for the older brother was he needed to repent just as much as the son who ran away. Here's the fix. Three things. We're going to put a stamp on this right now. Three things. When all you see is a threat to your morality, to your culture, to your church, to your world, to your country, when all you see is a threat because someone's different than you or acts different than you or looks different than you, when all you see is a threat, stop looking at the threat and look for Jesus. He's doing something. He's moving. It's amazing how many people like complain to me. It's, we protect this place really well, right? But every once in a while, somebody will pop in or pop up and they'll be like why don't you preach about sin more why don't you preach they'll, they'll just why why do you dress like that why aren't the lights turned brighter why do you do all this stuff you know and they'll list all these grievances they have with us they're just looking at everything to be critical about and they miss that man there are lives being changed here every week online and in person people are giving their lives to christ man all the time we're giving out bibles all the time this place is on fire with life people are growing like crazy when we have a baptism service you wait and see how awesome that's going to be in a few weeks like listen look for jesus and you'll find he is doing great things. And when you see him, follow him even if it makes you uncomfortable. Here's another fix, right? Trust less in yourself and more in the Holy Spirit. It's not your job to sanctify everybody. 
It's not your job to have everybody grow. It's not your job to point out all the flaws so that they can fix them because they don't see them. You know whose job it is to convict us, to move us, to grow us? You know who's doing the work of Philippians 1.6? He who began it will complete it and it'll be perfect. You know who's doing that? The Holy Spirit. He's way better. The Spirit's got the, the timing down. The Spirit's got the... The moves down, the Spirit's got the direction down. We mess it up when we try to do what the Spirit does. Trust less in yourself and more in the Spirit. And last, right? The older son needed most was to get close to God and his heart. Instead of doing all the work in the field and worrying about all the stuff. Get close to this father who loves so well get close to this father who while we were yet sinners while we were his enemies gave us jesus this jesus who perfect having never sinned because god is holy went to the cross to pay for our sins and offer us forgiveness and and grace he loves you so much he is for you no matter who you are he is his love is so perfect it's what motivates us it's why we do what we do it is so good and if you just get close to him and get close to his heart It'll melt all of the rough exterior that you've been holding up. It'll peel back your defenses. It'll help you find confidence and trust in who he is. And it'll overtake your heart with love. What the oldest son needed was to be close to the father, to follow the father's lead, and to learn to love like the father loves. Listen, I don't know who you are, but you're loved here. Whether you're the young rebel son running around, you're loved here. You're welcome here. You don't need to believe to belong. Just come show up online. Show up in person because there's just some cool vibe that's always going on here in person on a Sunday. It's amazing. If you're the older son, you're miserable and judgmental and self-righteous. You're loved here too. Just chase after the Father and His heart for you and His heart for others. Let's pray. Dear God, thank You so much for Your love for us. And Man, just, we don't want to, pride, it so easily takes a hold of our heart. We just want to say, we humble ourselves before You. You are God and we are not. Help us to show grace to others after we've experienced grace from You. I know this is hard. I know both Groups hate the word repent, right? Like, nobody likes the word repent. The, the prideful older brother doesn't think he needs it, and so it's offensive to him, and the rebellious son doesn't understand it, so it's offensive to him, but it simply means letting go of our own way and asking forgiveness for our pride and our rebellion and just turning back to you and saying, we need you. We need your forgiveness. We need your love. We need you to make us new. We need your encouragement. We need your correction. We just need you. Would you help us all follow you more every day? Help us to be like Jesus as individuals. Help us to be like Jesus as a church. We love you.
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.